All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm your host, Connor, and uh, we're going to do uh, one of our quick dips. I'm joined here by uh, Jaden and Calvin, and uh, I'm excited to talk about this one. And so it's October. We're continuing uh, to talk about some horror movies, and this Spooky. one this one is uh, it's one of my favorites because of how bad it is. I think it's just this really interestingly written film and it's like it's just awful but it's like a train wreck that is so worth watching i think it's amazing I, we're I'm, talking about uh, we're talking about wish upon yeah i'm so glad that you that we finally have gotten it too because um when we re- reconnected last summer you were talking about like have you seen wish upon i want to know your thoughts on it because you know i know you went to film school and i want to pick your brain and i I had no interest in watching it, so no, I had no. <laughs> it took me a full year to do that, but and you know, every time we sit down, we look at the Wish Upon poster and like it's literally in front of my face. Yeah, oh, that just it just screams like sci-fi budget, like daytime movie. That oh yeah, um, Hannah actually got me that for Christmas one year because I, I remember when we first started dating, I was like dude, you have to see this movie. It's absolutely <laughs> wild. And we really, we really connected and bonded over that movie. And so like, like Christmas later that year, she got me the poster. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fixture in the, in our, in the, in the household now, in but, our old studio we recorded. So that's uh, funny to think of it as like a seminal moment, moment in your relationship. I know, right? <laughs> I, I'm kind of worried for your future. <laughs> in, in my vows, I'll be like, I knew it was true love when we watched wish upon together. <laughs> That'll be like a, a refrain throughout all of your vows. <laughs> I wish upon you until yeah. death. Kittle hands you like the rings and like the freaking stupid little box the they have box? in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then like right next, like right after that, I also got you like a plate full of wontons. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. Uh, so Wish Fun uh, came out in 2017. It was directed by John Leonetti. It had a budget of $12 million and it made $23.5 million in the box office. And we even made money. If that I would call that movie successful. Yeah, very successful for what it is. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's uh, where did they put the twelve million dollars? I was about to say, how did it cost twelve million dollars? <laughs> like Kung Fury is like way less than that, and that had like neat visual effects. It in did. It. I mean, at the yeah. runtime's obviously pretty big difference, but I, yeah. I mean, but I mean, even still, like it's not like if if you made the same, um, you tripled the length of Kung Fury. You're talking about uh, one point. Eight million dollars. It's so, yeah, and this is still twelve times that almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder if just the names of the people in it, like I guess. Oh yeah, the names. I, I which I, they aren't they, even like big name actors. Yeah, right? they, apparently they've done like apparently like uh, what is it? The girl that plays Meredith McNeil, Sydney Park. Um, she was the youngest to ever perform a comedy routine at Caesar's Palace or something like that. Wow. Something wow. Like, she's really just, funny. So. She's really funny, yeah. and I think I think that she's actually the strength of. Of the movie, not really the strength of the movie. If you take all of her um, her bits and put them in a vacuum, take them completely out of the movie, and they're they're really good. They're really funny. They're just not. They don't. They're not good in this movie. Like, why are they here? Nothing. I, nothing that any of these characters do like amount to anything really. Like, yeah, it, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I say interestingly written. It's like it's so interesting how like these don't feel like re- real people at all. Nope. Um, like I said, it's a. Directed by John Leonetti, um, he directed the first Annabelle film, so he has some like chops as a horror director, I guess, if you want to call that a horror movie. I think those movies are terrible, too. They're very bad. A yeah. lot of the Blumhouse stuff, I'm over. Oh, and, and, and when we when we get to Midsummer, like that's he actually criticized Midsummer as not being a horror movie because they didn't understand the aesthetic, which is amazing. Like looking at everything that uh, Blumhouse has put out, I was like, I don't think any of this is 
is quality at all, especially with respect to cinema or even like whatever gatekeeping idea of horror you have, it's lo- of low quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still am glad that he directed this. Uh, I think if you want a director to really connect with like a cast full of like 16 year old girls, what you do is you hire a 60 year old white dude to really, <laughs> to really open them up as actors. That's like, that's yeah. what you do. It um, really, it's, it's, it's a great vehicle for giving platform for unheard voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, I think another big aspect of this film is, uh, the writer, Barbara Marshall, um, she, they these two should collaborate on every film they do from now on like when they when they work together like magic happens because this movie is just out of fucking control like nothing is happening is making sense the dialogue is absolutely wild i mean i i we would need to do a podcast for a couple hours to kind of go through and dissect just everything that's going on here but this is like a little quick one yeah but uh i just think there's so much craziness <coughs> happening in this movie that you really my big recommendation is just go and watch it. Like, I could, do not recommend that. Really? Yeah, no, don't ever see this movie. <laughs> I yeah, I wanted amazing. to take my eyeballs out with spoons. Oh, man. That would have been a better death scene than yeah. any of the ones we were treated <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just think the dialogue is just absolute gold. Uh, let's talk about the dialogue because I think that's the best thing. It's like, okay, we, we, have to, we have to think like high schoolers. Let's write a bunch of ridiculous uh, innuendos and sexual jokes. Like, honestly, I think the smegma thing is like something like they, they thought up, like, um, let's just have a scene like we got to we got to fit smegma into this movie. Right, somehow. Been, yeah. <laughs> I love that word because I think it's hilarious. And it's one of those like kind of uh, obtuse and uh, obscure references to um, it's like, from under cheese. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is I think I think it's it's hilarious in terms of like because especially when it comes when it first comes up in uh, a lot of pop culture references is like, wow, I've never heard of something so basic called something like that before and it's so it's it's so funny but i think someone wrote that and was like hey this would be great for your teen comedy (laughs) Uh, um uh yeah joey king is the one who gives that line she plays claire like the lead in this Mm. and i just i i gotta wonder like these uh uh shannon uh purser and then like you said uh sydney park those are like kind of your your trio ensemble of friends there Mm -hmm. uh the ones barb from stranger things yeah yeah i actually anything for half the movie no, yeah, she doesn't. Yeah. I don't actually know what her name is in this movie. I just think like, oh yeah, Barb and yep. June. probably yeah. Her name's June, and then Sydney Park plays Meredith. Okay, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Meredith plays a bigger role, I think, than June does, despite them kind of having the same amount of screen time. Yeah, she almost like never talks, and it. it's weird. I honestly think Meredith carries more of the movie than um, uh, what's her face, Anybody? Claire. Yeah, Claire. I think she's. I think she is uh, more a part of the what what makes this movie than Claire is. Like she's a, an absolute scene stealer. Yeah, going back to the lines, I jotted down a couple of my favorites. Oh, uh, me too. The you are smegma is definitely up there. Yeah, I love too. Ultimate, like ultimate thinking, smegma. Yeah, I think ultimate it's smegma. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, do I want? Do you want me to define ultimate for you too?" And I was like, "Okay, that, that's kind of that's <laughs> I, kind of funny." I actually, that I do. I laugh a ton at this movie, but that was the one line I was like, "That's actually kind of funny." Like, yeah, it's it's funny because it was actually written as a funny joke. Mm-hmm. The, the, most of the dialogue is written i think not to be like funny, funny on purpose it's, <laughs> it's funny because it's like what are you doing like, yeah the only ones that are written to be funny definitely <laughs> feel like the ones coming from meredith yeah right and then um ki hong lee he plays like kind of one of one of her other friends um he has that uh 
cousin that speaks Chinese. Yeah, yeah. like what's the payment? Yeah, and uh, that's another one of the best lines is he just like, oh, she's a slut for wontons. I love, what does that <laughs> yeah. mean? Yeah, I love Claire's reaction too. She's like, oh, that's I can afford that. Yeah. Ki <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hong Lee, uh, Jane, you'll, you might recognize him. He was in the second season of Dave. He plays like the Korean kid. Who's, oh, like, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. In the... And has, I took a shit in Korea yeah. scene. Yeah. Yep. He has uh, excellent comedic timing in that show. Yeah, he does. And uh, he's underused in this film. He's yeah. great. Yeah, he's very good. Um, another great line is, uh, I think it's by it, it's by him as well. Uh, he's like, oh, you, you dig the multiverse? Yeah. They have he, like a big conversation says, about the multiverse. And he says it twice. Like, yeah. like at the end too, like in, in the multiverse, which is a weird meta. Like, oh, you dig on multiverses? Like... That's what I'm saying. It, it's a it's a writer who has no idea what kids talk like. Do you think kids walk around and are like, oh man, I, I just wish I had friends who believed in the multiverse like I do. I wish I could just connect with other youth over the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's so silly. And whether or not the term McFarts exists like in another multiverse. <laughs> God. Uh, another one of my favorite lines is the, uh, you know, she wishes for that boy to fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're about to go to that like, scavenger hunt thing and they're like staring into each other's eyes and he was like i was just trying to think of something dope to say before i kiss you yeah yeah he just kisses her whoa man it's so i will use that in the future (laughs) (laughs) it just seems so odd do you guys have any other because this is almost like i don't even care about reviewing this movie i just care about like kind of talking about some of my favorite moments in it i guess yeah or like the other one when uh like after she's wished that her dad isn't so embarrassing anymore and they're sitting on the stairs Watching their dad perform an impromptu concert in the there and June that's is hella just like, embarrassing. A uh, yeah yeah, 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 okay. a, yeah yeah he became more embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. yes, and, and June's sitting there like your dad is like hot like sriracha hot. Yeah, sriracha's <laughs> not very hot, lady. Hot like sauce, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah your dad is like hot sauce. That's like, actually so <laughs> again bringing up Hannah and why this movie is so important to our relationship. Uh, that's actually my name and her phone is Captain Hot Sauce. <laughs> Because we watch this movie, <laughs> you just you'll have to wa- you'll have to be on the lookout for like if everyone anyone ever shows up in her phone and as like just sriracha, and yeah. Like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> there's a new spice in town. Yeah, like ah, oh, I'm being like, who is this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just yeah, I, there's so much stuff that it's just like it's just baffling. Like why is how did this make it into the film? Like how did a studio like okay any of this? It's just it's it's it. Oh, another it, it one. It troubles me. Yeah, and you know another one from the from the dude, like uh, when they're in the car and she breaks up with him, and she's like, uh, um, he's like, are you mad? He's yeah. like, you're smoking when you're mad. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any lines, Jaden? Uh, not necessarily lines. I mean, I, I, if one thing I like about this movie, it's the very end. Other than that, <laughs> I I watched it again this morning and it like gave me the it gave me the option you know obviously you could choose unrated or theatrical and I was like which one is shorter <laughs> <laughs> right um, um, and I hate the scene where the dog dies so yeah I uh, I yeah. love too when she's like upset like he dies and she's like mom gave it to me like he didn't have like any value outside like of the fact just, that he was yeah, a gift. he's just a thing yeah you're a bitch dude yeah yeah. Honestly, that dog has been in her life longer than her mom was. So oh, I don't goodness know why. gracious, like, yeah. Yeah, like, why? Wow. <laughs> Jeez, Yeah, the dog was more important to her development as a human than her mother ever was. And she's, like, just just upset, like, ah, oh, mom loved that dog. Yeah. You know, I do want to bring up one thing about the mom that is maybe some substance to this story that I think they didn't tap into. So, like, the mom is, like, an artist, you know? And then throughout the movie, uh, Claire's 
doing all this art. But I think the dad only touches on it like one time. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you're doing really good. This like, she was like, oh, is it as good as mom's art or whatever? It's only like one time, but there's like a, a several scenes where she's painting. Yeah. And she has all this art in her room and it's almost like never talked about. Yeah. I actually I think it was that. odd. Like it, so, it feels like that should be something built in. Like, oh, this should like have have like reminiscence of like the mother in that relationship and it should tie that family in a little bit closer. It's just like never like expanded upon. I thought it was odd. So she has that one portrait of that large female face in the center and like a small, it's probably her walking up the path to it. I think that's, that is her mother represented in it. And that, that painting is in several shots. So that's, that's one, that's the only motif really that I identified that I think is, relevant right and, and it's just like yeah again it's like also like the the fact that like she had the box yeah what the hell did she wish for a dog okay okay that's the thing yeah what did she wish yeah for? okay because they they kind of don't i mean what what did the mom wish for they don't have like an awesome house they you know it's not like they're she's got her daughter going to the best school it's not like they have a nice car yeah why did she have the box what did she wish for yeah you know, i have no idea just the puppy yeah maybe she wished for her husband to be a dumpster diver yeah, it must be um, because it, you kind of follow the history of the box um, later on in the film and it talks about like, oh, so-and-so got it and they were living a life of like decadence and then the, the spirit, this ghost thing came and got them after the last wish. So it's like, what was the mom doing with the box then? Everyone else like took advantage of it. Yeah, she what, did What not. did she wish for? Yeah. Yep. And yep. Why, did it, why did it like, because to me, it's like that's what drove her to like commit suicide at the beginning of the film. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. So what was she wishing for then? <laughs> the no, no. only thing I can think that makes any sense, and I'm just I'm putting this out there to try to make try to make this film better than it actually is, is maybe she went back to the first day she found it too. So it was the beginning of her wishes and nothing had actually happened. But she didn't realize that the last wish was the blood price of her. I like that idea. But then yeah. she killed herself instead of just that's, dying. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's like the, the other ones were driven to suicide. Yeah, but that they didn't ever wish before to go back prior to their first wish. Well, you don't know that for sure. I that's, don't. That's true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like, think that's, you're I, welcome, Jar R. Leonetti. I just made your movie yeah. half a point better. Yeah, I maybe. That, I think that that's something that was not intentional. And oh, if you absolutely can glean not. that from I it, think she just used all five wishes for the puppy. <laughs> This one's no good. <laughs> yeah, she's kept getting new dogs. She didn't like them. Yeah. Uh, Calvin, there was like a bit of scenes that you were interested in. It's kind of one of those like kind of death scenes, kind of the build up after a wish has been given. And now there's kind of like that monkey paw effect where now something needs to be taken away. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of frustrated. Like they, they talked about how they entered, um, how they cut in between uh, the dad changing the tire and and Meredith in the hotel in the elevator. It gave you like a little bit of suspense about like who's going to die next. And they're like, oh, this would be a really good idea if we cut these together. And then nobody will know. I was like, why didn't you think of that the whole time? Right. Because otherwise, all of your, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't know how many times uh, the woman, what's her name? Uh, Mrs. DeLuca, who's actually uh, Sherilyn Fenn. She's actually in um, uh, Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. That's and after that, her career kind of never really. I mean, she's in Wish Upon, so that's yeah. Where, <laughs> but there are clear times where she was like, ah, she absolutely hit the light switch and like, oh no, we got to cut that. Like, oh yeah. for sure. Yeah, it, there's no suspense in any of those, but here it was like it it, it works because it's like 
the elevator stops like the 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 jack for the car jiggled several times like you really didn't know because they were like being so dumb about like how they were setting all of these tension points up that you uh either one of them could have died or both of them could have died i wish that was the point of the film i wish every time it happened you just didn't know who was gonna die because i also love the scene like with uh with uh uncle august and you know he he dies or he hits his head and like oh i'm alive i'm like and then he like hits the faucet (laughs) Like, like it's uh, like he's never been in a bathtub yeah. before. Yeah, um, yeah. I just like all the death scenes running. I was like, when they're writing down the death scenes, like, have you guys ever seen those Final Destination That's movies? Literally, like, the note I have. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's just do that, but a little less good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally agree, and I, I don't understand the appeal of those films. No, me either. No. Terrible. Yeah, but I won't drive behind a truck carrying a bunch of logs. I'll tell you that. Much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I honestly feel like the the Final Destination ones work in a way that, that for the time were they were gruesome and shocking. And I think that Wish Upon needed to push that. Like in the way that Suicide Squad 2 did um, with some of their their overt violence. Like we really need to turn up the notch, you know, uh, crank the the dial on how um, obscene this is. Because otherwise it's just like, it's not even a good story. So I don't know what they thought they well, were making. The, the problem is this is PG-13, so you can't really go. Yeah, why? Make it, make it way so say, is It really just seems like it should just be on the Disney Channel. That's Almost, so yeah, that's like, so yeah. funny. A, a Disney Channel horror movie. That's yeah. exactly what this is. A Disney Channel Final Destination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like uh, uh the audience is supposed to be like teens. Yeah. So if you make it rated R, you know, you they can't see it out on that demographic. Yeah. So. I guess. I mean, teens die in horror movies all the time. I, I, I don't really understand why any horror movies are made that aren't rated R. I, I just it doesn't make any sense. I I absolutely agree. I mean, you're showing over, like grotesque violence. I mean, in this film, you have uh, a woman's hair being ripped through a garbage disposal and her neck breaks. You have uh, a woman being gored through the face by a bull statue. Why is that in her house? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What is she doing? Yeah. Meredith dies with a piece of glass through her chest, which is not really the thing that I thought would kill her falling 20 stories from an an elevator. elevator? Yeah. I don't know why they were like, oh, we got to make it seem like she's dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's your fault. (laughs) Man, this is such good acting right here. Oh, my God. (laughs) And all of the, except for the scene that you were talking about, Calvin, where it's the split between the two of them and it's like, which one's gonna die that's the only clever death scene in this whole movie everything is like it's so played out like i already know yeah I, yeah and it's like so stop tough. showing me the fucking switch for the garbage disposal yeah i've seen yeah. it 12 times they, they set it up at like the beginning of the film and then, yeah and then she yeah. keeps but that, that i guess that scene is also kind of clever too because the she's boiling water or something and the water turns out the like the light yeah you don't know uh, which one is and gonna so kill you're like her. oh she's gonna yeah. kill from like a the poisoning from the from the gas stove and so I guess yeah, maybe. or like a fire explosion. Like I, I can see what they were thinking. I think they thought it would be more clever because, like, which way is she gonna die? We gotta, you know, because obviously we understand the tropes of horror and we need to kill someone here because it's the whole point of our movie. But I, I don't. I, I just it, it went on for so long. It's just like Blade that, Runner. Yeah, that's just like yeah. it's not. It's that not garbage interesting. Disposal th- scene is so long. Yeah, yeah. the, the whole time like you could don't have to do the these things this way. Like, lady, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. fact that they set up a uh, like garbage disposal camera shot so they could show her hand in the garbage disposal was like. That was unnecessary. I didn't need to like her to see yeah. her fishing around vegetables to create suspense out of this. It yeah. ruins. Like, it ruins the suspense. There also, is she wastes a lot no of food. suspense. So <laughs> she does. She chops she up so, so much, much and just dumps it, it right in her garbage disposal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, lady, like, I don't think you're supposed to put that much food in there. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I also yeah. don't know why she uses the garbage. I mean, maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't use my garbage disposal for that. No. That's like, a lot like, of... Just, like, leftovers I have on my plate, like, a little bit after I dump it in the trash. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But things that I was already going to rinse off. Like, otherwise, I would put them in the trash can. Yeah. Th- that's what I'm saying. No, nothing in this movie makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's so amazing. Yeah. It just nothing makes any sense. So we have this lady who's just, like, obsessed with using her garbage disposal, yeah. right? Yeah. And for some reason, the dipshits engineers of the house put it... Like, switch on the counter yeah they also ins- yeah. yeah and they also install it with a dimmer so that like if you wanted like really hard vegetables to chop <laughs> yeah. but if you were only doing like soft things you could turn it down it's just it, so much what of this kind movie of- is wild i just I, I don't understand how this is entertaining to an audience to be like oh i know it's gonna happen i'm very excited to see this now. yeah like because every death is set up that way. So you know, I'm just like, Jesus, you know get it over with. Happen. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. not nothing about it is compelling yeah because i mean clearly they were going for a pg-13 you know, so they they already knew that they weren't going to, it, you know, if they're going for PG-13, then they obviously weren't going to make these deaths pay off. Like after that much screen time, there should be a real payoff um, for the violence. You know, yeah. like we, we were sitting here and like it happened slightly differently than we thought it was, but it wasn't like interesting. Nope. So, I mean, the only thing, the only thing I will say that this film does is you know we've talked before on the podcast like the difference between realism and formalism in uh film techniques the idea of realism like you setting you're setting up the camera it's it's kind of in the vein of uh documentary filmmaking we're trying to look at narrative and story in the most unintrusive way as possible set up our camera and we'll just watch people live and then you have formalism on the other side where we're using the film techniques or the camera techniques in order to tell the story there's a lot of fun formalism here like you have a, a couple really cool crane shots especially in the big uh the beginning scene where the crane comes down uh and sweeping in as the um as uh she is uh the mom is walking back into the house and then you end really dumbly um uh like the only thing in the frame is the music box. Like that that part is dumb. But then you also have another nice sweeping crane uh, shot when the dad first finds the mailbox outside of the uh, the mansion with the Oni Demon lanterns, which is like a weird aesthetic for what feels like New England. It feels so out of place. Yeah. That's like I locked onto that right away, and it's just so they can do like yeah, like you said, like a crane shot of the those like figures on top yeah. of it. It makes no sense. Yeah. The the only thing is, is like, well, it's Chinese. We have to. Is it a Chinese like, cemetery? Like cemetery? Well, like, well like, Oni. <laughs> no, that was the dude's house, and the only reason. <laughs> <coughs> yeah right, right okay you are right so the only reason that and the only reason they used only demons like that is because that's something in asian culture so like we got to keep the theme together and we have to make it ominous so we can't oh, yeah, like thought, western gargoyle i thought there was like some very not pc things about this movie as well yeah like yeah. but so so i'll finish like the the last the other one that i really enjoyed uh was actually when darcy discovers her necro- necrotizing fasci- uh, fasciitis like we start with the camera seeing her get up and then we track down at the foot of the bed and then we're trucking over in front of it and then we see her feet come out and then we uh dolly forward with her as she's walking to the bathroom we see the blood on her socks and then she looks in the uh mirror and we and we uh um uh pedestal up and so that we see the side of her face like that that camera work is kind of fun and it works in a way like you right. don't necessarily you kind of know what's coming but like that one that's one of the few shots was like okay that was that was done well someone understands you know how to keep things in focus velocipaster yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you notice that when she's walking out of her room and that you know like you said the camera's on her feet mm-hmm. that friend they have the guy friend 
he's like sleeping on the ground like in her closet yeah <laughs> what really? and, yeah. and holding his phone and with his phone yeah. in his hand. and i love to like when he's like oh my god you look like you're dying chica, chica, chica. And, oh like, yeah that dude is the worst yeah okay yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was like what the so many so and many then, like things. she gets school, she's like that bitch is really rotting like after she just wished for that and she's like proud of it i'm like yeah she's terrible well, she, fucking she makes person. a face because she's like yeah because meredith says like oh yeah she's rotting from the inside out and then uh claire makes a face she's like oh wait maybe my wish yeah did come true but yeah meredith is like stoked about it yeah, yeah. she's going around like high-fiving people yeah like, terrible yeah. person yeah yeah bitch from birth but nobody nobody oh acts my- nobody would ever act like that you'd be socially like fucking like outlawed in yeah. your school if you were that big of a piece of shit yeah i actually forgot one of my other favorite lines is when the f- when the fight starts and meredith is like yeah drop that bitch like a red-headed child straight out the vagina <laughs> like what, what the what fuck yeah like they combine like the idea of like step-headed red, red child and fresh out the womb <laughs> on, and then like again red-headed stepchild yeah that's step-headed red child i'll drink a little less beer that's a good one but, but yeah you just got step-headed red children <laughs> but yeah that's a, such a crazy line yeah and like, they like no they, one they, talks that way yeah they like threw that together with like fresh out the womb and then like let's change it to vagina because that way we're a little bit edgier we're more culturally relevant and we'll just throw that together and what do you know we've got a teen comedy guys uh, it's so odd <laughs> we've made it uh so i have a, a calvin pretentious take on this oh I haven't done this in a while, but uh, I think this is a good one. Uh, it's because you're turning into me. You're like, oh, you're, you're so right. This movie's shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I want you guys to think of the, towards the end of the movie where she's got the, the music box chained up. And I think it's a visually stunning. It's a visual representation of how we get trapped in the lies that we tell these falsehoods that shape our persona. And the music box chained up represents that perfectly. Mm. <laughs> and that is about as as a as much of a critical take I can have on this film because it's just terrible. I think it's sweet when she gets reeled by the car. <laughs> yeah, that that's is my just favorite like, part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, we can we can close out with that. It's yeah. such a stunning ending. Well, yeah. actually, I want to know what what else you think is not PC about this film. Um, yeah. I just think there's like a lot of uh, Asian culture references that are kind of uh, exploitative. Exploitative, yeah, for sure. Like, like which ones? Um, it's hard to pinpoint exactly which ones. It's been a minute since I've watched this one. But, like the uh, the entire premise? <laughs> probably, yes. It just seems a little bit racy to me. Mm. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. It, it's... But at the same time, you did say it was a 60-year-old white dude who made it, so... I don't actually know how old he is. He just feels so out of touch that <laughs> yeah. I imagine he's that old. Well, the writer, Barbara Marshall, is African-American. Oh. Yeah, so... Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I, Either I don't way. Know. Still culturally appropriate. It, 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 yeah. seems, it just seems like they didn't know enough about it. They were just like they saw this music box and they're like, Oh, that's creepy. Let's write a movie. Let's write a script with this like premise in mind. Yeah. Yeah. With the worst dialogue ever. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So if we want to get to the end scene, I think it's amazing. It's a perfect way to close out this ridiculous film. She gets shot up in the air, like 20 feet goes mm-hmm. flying. Uh, I almost wish they would have been better. Cause that's like the bully girl, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's Darcy. And you know, earlier in the movie where uh, Claire's riding her bike and she goes to like get the newspaper for her uncle. It's like Which, the most awkward scene ever. It like it the camera just stays on her. She does like a huge loop on her bike to turn around. Like yeah. it's just a weird shot. Yeah. And it's then, also weird that her dad is like, I told you, I told you, what did I tell you about talking to Uncle August? Like there's no background to yeah. that. Yeah. And she's like, I don't understand why. I was like, Yeah. Neither do we. we <laughs> uh and she's like uh, 
the uh, Darcy, she's like, I'm driving here. You know, I really thought that she was going to, after she hit Claire, she was going to get out of the car and be like, I'm, I'm driving, driving here. here. <laughs> yeah, that would have been like, it would have been so much better. Yeah, exactly. Like, she, yeah, we, like, I just didn't understand what it was. Like, oh, we have to have a dramatic moment because our, our lead, who we care about, who isn't a piece of shit now because she turned a new leaf, um, and she's dead and we're sad. And, no man, that's not what you made. Like, no, yeah. you you don't you don't write the type of dialogue that like you did if the dude with the phone serious. the whole time like, oh that bitch got wrecked and was like was taking pictures yeah. of it. Like that would have been hilarious if if he had at least yeah. just been yeah. like, yeah. yeah, if at least he had been just like, oh gross, yeah, and like, like <laughs> that would have been in character for him. It would have yeah. kept some continuity to it. This, Absolutely, God, this film is so wacky. All but right. at the same point, that does make me feel like the girl who's a bully is actually a better person than like Meredith because you mean she, Claire. No, then Meredith. Oh, then Meredith, because yeah. Because Meredith, when she got the disease over, she was like, yeah, good for that bitch or whatever. And like, she hits the door, she's like, oh my God, I didn't mean to do that. Like, this is a horrible thing. She's able to realize that. Yeah, right. yeah. All right, are we ready to rate this one? Yeah. Okay, I want to do it on Malformed Mollies. Oh, that's a good one. That's that, that's the Pokemon Go game that Meredith yeah, plays? Yeah, it's like yeah. the creature she's trying to get because then she becomes like mega monster um, master master yeah. yeah i love how literally every term in that game is alliteration like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like so stoked about it too and it's it's because pokemon go came out and they're like this is relevant to teens put it in the movie yeah oh yeah fellow kids love pokemon go like adults yeah. like pokemon go more than kids yeah i think you're probably right you yeah. know what you know what's funny is pokemon go actually outlived my marriage that's like <laughs> that's rough dude yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of my favorite stat, my favorite stats, but I've had enough beer that that's hey, that's hey, that's not too that's not too bad. <laughs> we gotta laugh. At it was a good co- it was a good competition. My last <laughs> Pokemon Go outlasted me. <laughs> I thought I had it in me. <laughs> uh, all right, Jaden, how many uh, how many malformed mollies do you give uh, this? It's like a, I'll give it a two three. Okay, and is that on the scale of being an actual film to you? You don't think this is so bad it's good? No. No? Okay. I just think that it's bad. Yeah, and it's then I like that she gets hit by a car. Okay. And that's what brings it up from a zero to a 2.3. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. Think? honestly, like the ba- so bad it's good. I think uh, uh, we actually, I watched uh, Velocipastor again. Um, I've seen I, it like four times. Oh, what? my God. It's, yeah, it's, I can't stop watching it, dude. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it's one of those films that, you know, like get some substances, get some friends, like that is a, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like I have to show it to everybody I talk to. Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. Like yeah. Like when people when when I tell people I saw the worst movie I've ever seen. Like oh please don't let it be something I love. Well how much do you love Velosa Pastor? Right? Everyone just is like what? <laughs> <laughs> well that's you're sad. in for a ride this weekend. <laughs> yeah. But I think like Velosa there's more there's more fun here. But there's a little bit more like that I that I care about in technique here. Like when I was talking about a lot of those uh, those formalistic techniques in terms of camera work. So. Oh, this will give I, I, I like Meredith I like some of these things uh, I'll give it a 4.3 I like seeing Sherilyn Fenn again it's been you know 40 years so yeah uh, this to me definitely hits the so bad it's good uh, does it I just don't feel that oh my god I think this is a masterpiece I love this movie <laughs> Like, despite me, like, I'm watching it, and I'm, like, putting my hands over my face. I'm, like, oh, my God, I hate this. But I'm saying that, like, while I'm dying laughing. Like, <laughs> right. I, 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 this movie is so much fun to watch to me. I, I love it. On the So Bad It's Good scale, this is, like, a 9 out of 10 for me. Jeez. I think, it, I think it's awesome. Uh, for, like, actually, is this any good? Uh, it's probably, like, a 3. 
two or three. Yeah. You know? It's very, it's very, it has a lot of smegma qualities. Yeah. Very smegmish. Mm-hmm. Smeggy. That's what she, like, yeah. that's yeah. what she was, they were, the whispering. It has smeggy. periods of ultimate smegma, but it usually hovers around smegma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is just a fascinating movie. <laughs> I think everyone should check it out. It's too much fun. Yeah. All right. And with that, I think we're wrapping this one up. For Jaden Calvin, I'm your host, Connor. And thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting.